Excuse me, ma'am, I said as I stepped out of my Tahoe. She didn't seem startled at my presence. Can I help you? She asked. Yes, do you have a cell phone? My truck won't start and my phone seems to be dead. I'm really sorry to bother you. Um, yes, I do, she said as she began to look through her purse. The distraction was just what I needed. I lunged toward her and in one smooth motion placed her into a reverse chokehold, cutting off her air and her circulation. Within seconds, she was limp within my arms. I popped the tailgate on my Tahoe and slid her inside, threw the canvas tarp over her and closed it up. It all took less than a minute. I climbed back in and began the drive to the chapel. I stood watching her as she began to awaken. I looked up at her, admiring my own work. One of the fun things about my work was seeing the look on sinners' faces when they realized their predicament. Her response wasn't any different. I had stripped her naked, tied her to a large wooden cross, and had my tools laying out before me on a table. As she came to, the alarm finally registered on her face, and she began screaming. She went on like that for a few minutes before she actually spoke. What's going on? Who are you? She screamed. Where am I? You know why you're here, sinner. God sent me to rid the earth of you. For what? I'm not a sinner. I didn't do anything wrong. Why are you doing this? What do you want? She struggled against the ropes as she screamed. Nothing wrong, huh? I walked over to my table. I picked up the Bible off of the table and turned to the book of Leviticus. And the man that committeth adultery with another man's wife, even he that committeth adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and adulteress shall surely be put to death. I closed the Bible and held it up. This is the word of God, not up for negotiation. What? Why? You don't even know me. Are you insane? She kept struggling on the cross, trying to free herself, but not budging at all. I could recognize the look in her eyes. It had gone from fear to anger. It was as if she realized her fate and now chose to fight instead of beg. What about Brett, huh? Where is he? It says both of us should be put to death. Not only are you a murdering freak, but you're a sexist murdering freak. I had a feeling she would mention her lover, Brett. I reached under the table and pulled out the large trash bag and reached inside. Oh, you mean this guy? I said as I pulled Brett's severed head from the bag. His eyes were wide and mouth was gaping open. She screamed louder and more shrilly than she had earlier. The defiance out of her for the moment. Please don't, she pleaded. Please, I can change. I can't. I'll go to church. I'll beg forgiveness. I have a family. A family you cheated on for this piece of garbage. And for what? A cheap thrill? A turn-on? I hope it was worth it. God, no. Please, God, help me, she cried. Oh, I'm afraid God won't help you. He's who sent me. I put the head back into the bag and set it on the floor. Unfolding the sack on the table, I revealed my tools. They included meat cleavers, knives, drills, and other useful instruments. She saw them and began screaming again. I continued through the noise. I was used to it. It was the sound of God's justice. I found my large knife and walked over to her as she continued screaming. 
She looked down at me from the cross as I held the knife up to her. No, no, what are you doing? No, she screamed, but I ignored her. As I began to cut down her chest, blood pouring from the incision, I said a prayer. God is jealous, and the Lord revengeth. The Lord revengeth and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries, and he reserveth wrath for his enemies. I prayed as I cut, blood pouring from her body and covering her in crimson as she continued screaming. It would be over in a few minutes, and then she would never be found. There would be no body, no evidence, no trace that she or her sin ever existed. Blessed be the name of the Lord.